This is What Goddesses Watch, a film and TV podcast that takes a divinely badass dive into the feminine on screen. With me, Soma Ghosh, film critic and editor of The Demented Goddess magazine. This is a bite-sized podcast and you can get more of these exclusively for patrons by hitting the donate button after you finish listening. So today we're talking about Britney versus Spears by Erin Lee Carr, which came out on Tuesday the 28th of September. A cynically premeditated timing, it seems, as Britney went into court on Wednesday the 29th and um, was expected to speak on the conservatorship. The keeping well, as many films have revealed, pretty much incarcerated state that she's been in for 13 years by her father. And it comes after Framing Britney Spears and Controlling Britney Spears, two documentaries from the New York Times, um, which recast her story in the light of Me Too and the global awareness and coming into the light of ongoing abuses of women under patriarchy and after the BBC documentary The Battle for Brittany, Fans, Cash and Conservatorship. Brittany's response to that was that uh, she said, I think the world is more interested in the negative. Um, and I think to the uh, to the after framing Britney Spears, which brought so much uh, love and sympathy from the fans, she in fact felt um, very low and talked about having cried for two weeks. So it is with some trepidation that uh, we thought about talking about the subject and about the film. Britney's comment a month on Instagram after the Framing Britney Spears came out that she was, quote, embarrassed by the light they put me in reminds one of what women have said when trying to press through charges of domestic violence and certainly of sexual abuse and of rape. So in the UK where I'm recording this on a rainy afternoon in the Welsh marches, the in the last figures from 2018 to 2019, there was something like, I think, 58,000 allegations made by women of rape, but only just after 2,000 were prosecuted through the courts. And part of that is because of how women are made to feel about their abuse, whether it's through the police process or whether it's through the fact of abuse itself. So one of the things that was interesting uh, in this film was how doubt was cast on there being any kind of problem at all with having her liberty... Um, her right to choose which medications that she takes, her financial control over her estate, um, her right to choose with whom she communicates. But there was a doubt cast, well, if she had a problem, why didn't she say so? And 
the film in a fairly pedestrian, uh, clunky, crass way uh, makes some attempt to um, show us how she did cry for help. But I think it's still it's still worth talking about. It's still um, it's still important, in fact, to talk about, despite or in fact because of Britney's privilege. So I used to think about the Britney story. It just became something that we all lived with. We all lived with this woman being in, imprisoned. Um, that well, she's privileged, wealthy. She's a celebrity. She's white. Well, if a woman who is that privileged and white and a celebrity and and one presumes well-connected, etc., can be incarcerated. What does that say about being America's sweetheart? What does that say about how America controls its women? It certainly says something to me that links to, in the United States, the largest segment of women in jail being disproportionately black and Latino. It says something to me about how the hell do men who kill their partners get whatever, like on average about two years, whereas women who kill their partners, and it's generally in self-defense according to court papers, get around 15 years. There is always greater punishment for women. There is always a sense that it's okay to control women, to push them down and to make them feel small. And like my inaction uh, in the face of the abuses and incarceration of my sisters around the world, with somebody like Brittany particularly, I wasn't going to bother doing hashtag free Brittany. I mean, I had, you know, my serious credentials... (laughs) whatever the hell they are, I don't take it very seriously. But still, I've, you know, got supposed to have some kind of career as a broadcaster and artist and journalist. So I've got my credentials to think about. I, I can't be taking this story seriously. Just think about that. I can't be taking a woman being locked up seriously. And let's not forget Brittany herself. Britney's timing, her voice, her savage pop instincts, okay, not original, perhaps might be argued, uh, certainly coming in a tradition of popsters, but her combination of feral womanhood and innocence, playing with sexuality, um, playing with the cages in which she finds herself in songs like toxic or work bitch. She's just ineffably distinctive. She is a star. So this movie, well, yeah, it's a fairly pedestrian, um, tacky in some places, uh, just not very imaginative in others. Um, Kind of take on uh, journalistic sleuthing as we follow Erin Lee Carter, the filmmaker, talking to Jenny Aliscu. Jenny Aliscu is a music journalist who did her uh, second Rolling Stone cover on Britney. And the story is kind of about Aliscu's relationship with Britney as a journalist who becomes embroiled in the attempts by Britney's possible friends to sneak 
her legal documents that will help Brittany gain her own lawyer, uh, which she was denied in order to end this conservatorship. And there is a pathos in the scene in which Elescu describes um, meeting Brittany in a hotel, secretly walking by the pool, um, making sure that Brittany had clocked her. This had all been set up by some contacts. Going into the bathroom, going into a toilet stall, and then seeing those tattooed feet um, through the to- toilet stall. And in a way, it strikes me now that that's maybe an unfortunate metaphor. Um, and it obviously, a, just a, a terribly tragic uh, situation for Brittany to be in, but an unfortunate metaphor for the gaze of these two women. Uh, and, you know, okay, at least the story has been told by women. I'm not sure what difference that makes, although at one point, Erin Lee Carr says the one word patriarchy. But anyway, it's a metaphor, this looking under the toilet door cubicle and seeing this slice of a woman, um, the slice of the tattooed foot. And that's pretty much as close as, for the most part, the documentary gets to Brittany. Um, The rest of the time, you're immersed in this journalistic sleuthing as the two of them essentially kind of hang around like the freelancers many of us are, with their laptops and some coffee, opening up uh, documents that a source close to Brittany who knows or close to the Brittany's conservatorship who knows about the conservatorship um, is sharing with them and so you get this straightforward chronological hodgepodge more or less of uh, very few of Brittany's actual appearances uh, her Vegas shows her circus tour um, with their uh, uncovering of these uh, apparently um, vital, so far repressed um, papers, just apparently hundreds of emails and conversations that they are privy to that pop up as documents which have been blacked out and then the blackout sensor is removed to reveal uh, telling words, some of which are more telling than others. So it's basic sensationalist storytelling with a pinch of DIY journo sleuthing. It's a bit like Dallas meets Cluedo meets Rolling Stone and pretty light, frankly, on the Rolling Stone, despite um, Alescu's, uh credentials. There is an interesting enough but slightly sketchy cast of both maligned and solidly trusted characters. So you have the old pal backup dancer, the loyal assistant, the evasive psychiatrist, the media-friendly lawyer, the paparazzi boyfriend from the wrong side of the tracks, and the morally ambiguous, quite likeable ex-manager. But it's never really understood why uh, Brittany calls him her friend sometimes which makes you wonder and I wonder as the rain patters down on my window I wonder how you could create a film that would better explore issues of mental health so 
this is the reason that's been given for Britney's conservatorship, but it's entirely unclear beyond talk of her being put on medication um, that suited her, being given the drugs that she wanted as long as she worked, and then them being taken away from her, being put onto lithium, which we hear um, Brittany talk about herself or in words which are attributed to Brittany as not being something that suited her. We're given these hints. We're told that um, that that her mental ill health or mental difficulties uh, might be connected to dementia, which, if so, obviously is a devastating physical as well as mental illness. But none of that is explored, which I'm, you know, I'm kind of fine with to a certain degree. I just think that if you're going to put forward a factual journalistic um, form, then you can't have details like that missing. So compared to, say, a Nick Broomfield documentary, and Nick Broomfield's really um, owned this genre, hasn't he, of rock star, pop star filmmaking, this doesn't give us an insight into the world of Brittany. We don't have a sense of the atmosphere of Britney. So in Broomfield's filmmaking, we often have people who are very tenuously, or let's just say they're on the margins of watching bad shit go down, as in the case of his two films on Biggie and Tupac, um, the second of which was released um, at the end of the summer in 2021. Um, but that is something that he excels at, the getting getting to the, the sleaze and the horror, even whilst peeking under the bathroom stall. Um, but in this case, Erin Carr and Jenny Alescu don't manage to give us any of the um, poetry, if you like, the, the sort of wider, um, horrifying poetry of this gothic story. It's a gothic story, right? A, a princess who's, who's, who's locked up by her father. So even if you were to approach it, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a, a virtuous thing to do, but... What are we doing other than watching these different stories of Britney? And of course, Britney um, in the past and from a very young age contributed to creating uh, stories of Britney, avidly pursued wanting to be a mouseketeer and what have you. So in these stories that we have uh, of Britney, um, we need more facts and details about her mental ill health. And I think that's also important um, as we are shifting as a society but not fast enough to understand the different mental and physical abilities of our brothers and sisters. So this film is far from fact, uh, it's far from poetry, from the, 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 the poetry in terms of the, the gothic horror of the princess locked up story. Instead what it ultimately runs comes down to is Britney's financial value and where has it gone? Um, so the, the the numbers of her different um, shows, the tickets, um, prices that she's made, her five-year Vegas show, Piece of Me, um, did 248 shows over five years and then went on to do a Piece of Me tour in 2018. And 
Um, the Vegas show, for example, uh, had ticket sales of 137.7 million. So instead of the poetry, instead of the deeper um, psychiatric facts or facts about her maternity, facts about her own her own life and her, and her own point of view, you get, I wouldn't quite call it toilet paper journalism, but it's pretty low down in the bathroom stall. It is just mopping up the most basic crude way of assessing a person, um, which is what you're getting is slices of Britney to the dollar. And nobody seems to see the irony in the fact that that's what has contributed um, to the, the way that this person seems to have been controlled. And that in itself, so we don't we don't really know, we never get to in this film, exactly how has Britney been controlled. Um, we know that it's possible that under the conservatorship, and we hear from a couple of couple of people who um, either, who, who, who filmed her, for example, for um, an earlier um, documentary and who've worked with her, that it seemed that, um, that she was closely controlled in terms of whom she could communicate with. Uh, she wasn't allowed to go for a drive in her own car. Um, she wasn't allowed control over her over her medication over her, her choices about um whom whom she saw so this is what we've come to understand means her um in, the incarceration that i'm talking about so ultimately the film throughout in terms of these big revelations that we've been promised uh, simply backs up what we've already understood by now, which is that Brittany made many attempts to have her voice heard. And ultimately, um, what it delivers is something which is now in the public realm, which is of uh, Brittany speaking herself. And that comes at towards the end of the film. And it's certainly wonderful and curious to hear her addressing a court with... Uh, courtesy and clarity and control and that particular almost clipped southern sweetness to her enunciation as she says that the last time that I came here and spoke to you and you didn't listen to me it made me feel as if I was dead. For me the problem with films like this one which promulgate that view of the persecuted princess and there's no doubt that she has lived a horrendous life um, from whether it's in terms of how the press have hounded her or in terms of how she's being controlled but the problem of this tragic princess story is that that is just the story that gets told that's what we actually want to hear that's what we're titillated by so it just in the name of supposedly wishing to free uh, Brittany, places her in another prison. So will I be joining hashtag free Britney? Will you? It's a tricky decision, isn't it? Do you want to just 
do you feel like you're joining in, jumping into the poisoned fishbowl, but at the same time, one doesn't want to remain silent any longer? Let us know. Become a patron. If you hit the donate button, um, you can help us make more podcasts, a more full-length podcast, but it also means that you will get bite-sized podcasts like these of about 15 to 20 minutes, which probe the big ideas and the wider film tradition that a film operates in. This has been me, Soma Ghosh, for What Goddesses Watch, which is produced by me and audio produced by Quiva Lavelle, with music by Penelope Traps. 